Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Fire Up Michigan. My name is Scott Morgan Roth, Motor City Mad Mouth, appropriately named, especially for this show. Please be joined by George Icorn and Madman Mancini. And before we go ahead and get into anything, I just want to let everybody know at the top of the show, subscribe to the South Florida Tribune on our YouTube channel or visit www.southflorida.tribune.com and follow us on Twitter at Tribune South to advertise. Call 954-304-4941. The audio portion of the show can be heard on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. So there you have it, folks. Please subscribe to the South Florida Tribune YouTube channel. I have a lot of great shows on the network, and I have two of my big KG veterans. We're going to have a big old time here. So, all right, George Eichhorn, before we, uh, just to get everybody an idea of what's going on here today, the uh, title of the show is Are the Lions Hard Knocks Over? All I can say about the Detroit Lions, the last time that they won a NFL championship was on my birthday, December 29th, 1957. Yes, I was I was five years not existent then. Thanks to mom and dad, I came five years later, but no thanks to him because I wasn't around to see a title. Just a mere playoff win. Leave it alone, folks. Don't want to get you depressed. Want to keep you engaged all the whole way. But that, Matt, said, man, 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 see, let everybody know how they get a hold of you. Then we'll take care of the business at hand. XM203, Sirius 217, WWDB AM860, Talk in Philadelphia, Pittsburgh Pirate Podcast with Tarek Brock each and every week. And boy, I'm blessed to do this in the Olive Branch. You and George have given me in Detroit and all the other cities is just simply amazing. I'm blessed. Yeah, we're blessed to have you, Mark. Obviously, it, uh, you can see that I had the Detroit Lions cap. So if I didn't tip your hand about what the subject is, Oh, well, that's why you subscribe to the YouTube channel, so you get to see what uh, the head of the show. All right. Not Heineken man in the match when it comes to soccer, but head of the show. But that said, George Icorn, everybody know how they get a hold of you, and you have a piece of literature you want people to know about. Yeah, you can get a hold of me at, uh, at SNG Sports 99 Also, uh, I'm on uh, Gmail and Yahoo, gicorn at yahoo.com. I'm the author of a book called Detroit Sports Broadcasters on the Air. It retails for $19.99 from Arcadia. There's a link to it on the home site, uh, South Florida Tribune. Get yourself a copy of that. All the broadcasters in Detroit are featured. And not only that, but so is the host of this show, my friend, Scott Morganroth. And Scotty, you are in that book, and it's a keepsake, isn't it? Sure is. I got Muhammad Ali and Jimmy Connors there. I've only been working with George 42 years. Is that all? <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah, I got my first job as a producer at WXYZ Radio Sports Talk with George Icorn, and we haven't looked back since. And between the two of us, we've covered six Super Bowls in person, and I added a few more in my pocket virtually as well. So you can say yeah. we've gotten around a little bit. So with that said, uh, let's go on to the business at hand. We're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions are on hard knocks. Mr. Kneecaps, Dan Campbell style, George Icorn. I know the Detroit Lions reached out to HBO to get the opportunity to talk with about well, Mr. Kneecaps. Everybody involved, what do you think? Is this good for the Detroit Lions and Metro Detroit that they're going to be on this edition of Hard Knocks? I think so. Um, you know, it, they resisted it for such a long time, according to published reports. They didn't want any part of the Hard Knocks series on HBO, and uh, they got the right regime, if you will, right now, especially the right head coach, like you alluded to, Scott, in in Campbell. Uh, the guy is uh, much more looser and I shouldn't say relaxed, but I mean, you know, the atmosphere is so much different now under him than it was under our knucklehead friend from New England. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess that's putting it lightly. Uh, but 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 I think yeah, you, I think you're right that this is a good time for the Lions. They need some publicity. They need, you know, coming off three win season again. But I mean, it's a great opportunity to expose the rest of the country uh, to the Lions, the franchise, what they're trying to build here. So yeah, I think uh, by by reaching out to HBO and getting them on there, I think is is a positive sign for, well, for the rebu- for the rebuilding and the turnaround. Yeah, let's not lose sight of the fact that Dan Campbell got a six-year contract, so the Lions gave him a lot of time. And, of course, Brad Holmes is right there, so he's just stocking the cupboard a little bit now. And we're going to get into some of the other additions later on. But when you think about Dan Campbell, he's one of the few head coaches that walks around with a regular T-shirt inside the weight room, so this guy can go ahead and put the weights on top of his shoulder. So, Mark, madman, Nancy, I'm going to ask you a quick question about Dan Campbell, then we're going to move on. What are your thoughts about Dan Campbell as a head coach? He's a former tight end, obviously, and to me, his personality. These guys lost three games, won three games, but they could have won a couple more if it weren't for the fact that they lost a couple last-minute field goals, and they even tied your Pittsburgh Steelers to get off the schneid. But with all due respect, you know they could have easily had five or six wins last year if it weren't for a couple bad breaks in terms of last-minute field goals. But, Mark, give me your take on Dan Campbell. Well, I think when Dan Campbell first came aboard in Georgia, and you would probably agree, it was kind of a head scratcher, you know, in his press conference. We're going to knock you down. You're going to knock us. I'm going to hit your kneecaps. You're going to hit mine. And it was like a raw, raw, it almost sounded like a UFC kind of press conference here in more ways than one. But, you know, you, you, you need somebody like that to kind of resurrect the, I don't want to call it a morbid franchise, but it's been a franchise that really hasn't done anything since the 90s. So when you look at this team, when you're when you're down so long, the only way uh, to, to do something is to go uh, figure out a way to get up in the standings. And you know it, they've they've been mirrored in this division for quite a, a few years. Let's face it, Green Bay and Minnesota have been taking the division by storm. Chicago's been a threat here and there uh, every so often, but Detroit now is in a great position with with Campbell in charge. Another year under your belt with uh, Jared Goff. You know, the NFC, guys, is wide open here. It's not like the AFC. You're, you're, you should be blessed enough to know that if you were in the AFC, there's 10, 11 teams over there. Can you find five teams in the NFC that are worth getting to the playoffs? I only come up with about four. Right. That's a good point. You know what? And I want to get to Jerry Goff a little while, but I'm glad you did bring him up. I, the Lions haven't been relevant since Jerry Venisi left and Wayne <laughs> Fonts. Uh, so that just goes to show you it's been a while in their one playoff game that they did beat was against the Dallas Cowboys, and they actually got hosed down in Arlington when they should have had another one, but we won't get into that now. All right, with that said, okay, let's talk about the Lions' national TV respect or lack thereof. But they, we all know that they get their national TV appearance on Thanksgiving. Could be good for them this year. At least they get to see them one time. And I once, many years ago, spoke to Jerry Jones when I was coming a Cardinals game against the Dallas Cowboys. He said there's no way they're ever going to lose that Thanksgiving game when the Kansas City Chiefs wanted to take it away from them. And I asked Jerry Jones, okay, guys, I remember covering the Cardinals a few games back in the early part of the century here. I asked Jerry Jones, really approachable guy. Uh, I know the Chiefs want to see the Lions lose the game. He said, Scott, there's no way it's going to happen. And we had it when nobody wanted it. They want to have it when they don't. If there's another game, it'll be rotational. And it's pretty hard to not go against what Jerry Jones said, and they didn't. So, But with that said, we'll stay with the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. game, George. At least we can say one thing in Metro Detroit, that at least we get the Thanksgiving game no matter how bad we are, uh, regardless of what it is, whether we get any other things. And I should point out, though, 
And out of respect to my wife, Candy, we'll never forget the time, December 3rd, in I believe it was 2015 when Green Bay threw that Hail Mary with Rodgers that untimed down. And I told George Mark down in the Lions uh, media area, I had a feeling something bad was going to happen. Now, as much as I hated to see the Lions lose the game, my mother-in-law had just died about a month prior, and Candy had to make a tough decision. Does she spend her birthday with her family out of Wisconsin, or does she go to Detroit? We got her a ticket for the game, and it's safe to say she saw one heck of a game. And I was kind of happy that Green Bay won it. Well, I go as far as to say I really wanted it to happen. No, but sometimes you have to have a little Hollywood slash uh, call it Greenwood, as in Green Bay and Hollywood that day. Yeah. So yeah, with I'll that said, George, that. let's talk about how much the Thanksgiving game means to people in Metro Detroit. Well, obviously, yeah, it means a lot, Scott and, and Madman. We have been on the schedule for, you know, decades and decades. Uh, and the Thanksgiving tradition, uh, like you alluded to earlier, there was rumors that Lamar Hunt wanted to snatch it. He wanted to do his version of the Grinch a little bit early the and snatch the Green Bay game. I'm sorry, snatch the Thanksgiving Day game away from Detroit. That didn't work. And I think that the city loves it. They like the early time slot. There was some talk about moving the games around, rotating them. You know, Detroit one year would be the uh, the Dallas slot. Dallas would be the night slot. Maybe the NFL. No, that's not going to work. So they're, the time slots are good. Detroit likes the early start. We have a huge parade down our main uh, Woodward Avenue. Uh, the Thanksgiving Day Parade is one of the best parades in the nation. And then uh, soon after that, of course, within an hour after that parade ends, we have kickoff. But getting back to your original point, Scott, I don't think it's right. Um, you know, when, you know, these people sit around and make these schedules out, of course, you know, the NFL computers, of course, have a lot to do with it, not just people. But they're they're going through this stuff and TV executives and all that. And by just completely ignoring Detroit the rest of the season, I don't like that because like we alluded to earlier, there's a new enthusiasm. There's a new uh, guy in town, a new sheriff in town with Campbell. And I think that the Lions did deserve at least one other slot. Come on, a Thursday night or, or one of the Saturday afternoon ones late in the season or Monday night football. But anyways, it is what it is. There's only going to be that one appearance. But boy, oh boy, yeah, it's a special one for Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. And it's going to be tough this year. The Buffalo Bills are coming to town. Yeah, but you know what? I'll tell you, they're the only team, unfortunately, that does not have a primetime game. And that annoys me a lot because it doesn't give the new regime, Mark Mancini, a fair opportunity to showcase what they're trying to build here. And remember, there's a team that did not quit on its coach at all last year, despite the fact that we were nervous about another winless season, thankfully, whether the tie, you know, and then it subsequently led to three. Mark, is it fair that the Lions are not a at least one game in prime time? Uh, no, you're absolutely right. And I thought with the NFL Network, uh, where every team was showcased on a Thursday, uh, they would be brought into the equation. But, yeah, you're right, George, what you alluded to. I always look forward to the Thanksgiving games, and you kind of wish the Lions were close to relevant of getting in a playoff spot around then. Usually by the time that comes around, they're about two, three games out of a, a playoff spot. They need to win the game or they're just kind of stumbling in this thing. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I can remember the one where the Steelers with the coin flip uh, on Thanksgiving in, in Detroit. I know. Is that the game? Yeah. Jerome yeah, Bettis. Some interesting yeah. games. So, yeah, no, I've seen some interesting games. And, and I'll wrap, go back to the Green Bay game, the Hail Mary 
let me tell you, for a lot of years, the NFL didn't think twice about putting it on there, previewing the Thursday night game and the Lions and Packers. If there was residual money out there that could have been thrown out for the Lions' pocket, they would have certainly gotten it from that Green Bay victory over the Lions in a miraculous fashion that allowed the Packers to beat the Lions on that December 3rd, 2015 day. As I, I'll take, like I said, I'll mention the personal side. I was happy that my wife kind of win, even if the Lions ended up losing, but that's as far as I'll go. All right, George, I'm going to ask you this question only, okay? Because obviously Mark obviously has a lot of other things and he's learning about a lot of the teams as we go along. So we're going to get defensive, George, okay? Jeff Okuda is coming back from a serious injury. He was the third overall pick. They all know that Aiden Hutchinson is the new kid on the block. And, of course, Tracy Walker III had 105 tackles. Judging by these three individuals, where do you think the Lions defense, you think under Aaron Glenn that they're going to be a, a bit improved? I, I think so. I think that the Lions are really trying to build that interior up. Like so many teams know that that's such a key, you know, let's face it, offensive and defensive line. Uh, you really have to build those areas up to be able to contend. And I think those additions are going to make a difference. Um, maybe not right at the start. I mean, the guys that are new to the league, it's going to take a little bit of time, but that's what training camp is for. Um, from all appearances, uh, from what I've heard out of coming out of their training camp in Allen Park, uh, the mini camps, I mean, not right now, they're still reporting to camp now, as you guys know, but in the previous uh, uh, sessions with the rookies and that, Hutchinson did very, very well. And um, I think, though, you're right, Scott. I mean, you know, those are the guys that are going to be a key. And I think building that line is so important and so crucial. And the management realized that, you know, that's why they made those decisions to go after those kind of skilled positions. You know, I mean, a lot of people speculate, oh, take a quarterback. Oh, take a wide receiver. No, no, no. Uh, you know, their focus was right in being up front with the linemen that they've drafted in the last couple of drafts. Yeah, well, the, yeah, it's it's a very important. Yeah, this is a make or break year for Jeff Okuda. Mark, I'll go to you in a moment, though. But, George, tell me the impact having Aiden Hutchinson there. You finally got a Wolverine with a top-tier pick. Mark, I'm going to uh, turn to you in a moment on this one, but let, let me get George George's take on it first. Well, yeah, I mean, and that comes with a lot of hometown pressure, but, I mean, there are so many Michigan Wolverines that slip through the Lions' hands. It's not even funny. And, of course, the king of all that is Tom Brady, who slipped through so many people's hands, not just the Lions, of course. But, um, yeah, the Lions, for some reason, you know, over the years, guys, they've been reluctant, it seems like, for some reason, not to draft local talent. And I guess I'll put Michigan State in that batch, too. Um, the Lions, I don't know why, but you look up and down the roster over the years, they have been very hesitant. So everybody's excited here. Everybody thinks that Hutchinson has a great future. He finished second in the Heisman voting, as you know, and uh, all Big Ten, all American, and, and what can you say, number two in the draft. So I think everybody is looking forward to that. And and he, yes, he'll have pressure on him, but knowing the fact that uh, he's a strong-willed guy and really takes the game seriously, really, like his father, Steve Hutchinson, was a great player too. And, uh, you know, the, the family is very athletic, all, all, the, all of them in that Hutchinson family. Yeah, so, can yeah, you imagine? yeah, yeah, I think he'll be good, but yeah, let's can, wait and see. Can you imagine if they had the old USFL and he had the territorial draft where it would be hard to screw it up, then the Lions would be all right. All right, Mark, give me your take on Aiden Hutchinson. Well, I think he's a great lineman. I mean, he'll, he's, he's there to protect the quarterback and everything, but 
you know, I was surprised the Lions didn't go after uh, a a quarterback in this draft. And, you know, if this was next year where you're going to have a class of quarterbacks coming out, it's going to look like 1983. Um, I think the Lions would have went out and got somebody. Uh, I I look at, you know, Jared Goff as a stopgap type of a quarterback right now. And when you look at all the years that the Lions have gone through quarterbacks, you know, Stafford was good and, and, and maybe Greg Landry, but in between, you've had the Hipples, the Danielsons, the, the, the Scott Mitchells. I mean, they, they haven't had that premier quarterback of that decade type of guy to really lead them into being a challenger in the NFC North. All right. So, Mark, I'm going to give you a two tier question. Okay. And I'm going to go to the quarterbacks now that you brought it up and give me a brief answer on this. Aiden Hutchinson, was that a great pick for the Lions? Well, yeah, that was a great pick. You had to, you had to, you, you need somebody to protect the quarterback. You got to build the line on both sides uh, before you, you do anything else. A lot of teams like to build the the running backs and the wide receivers. To me, they're a dime a dozen. You signify the the, the stopgap as far as building the lines. That's where championships are won. And Hutchinson was a great pick. Yeah, and here's the thing. And then I'll get to golf in a moment, Mark. Okay. And Dominic and Sue was a great draft choice when you had the nastiness on the defense. I'm almost going to say that Aiden Hutchinson, if he stays healthy, might present that degree of nastiness of the Lions. Time will tell. All right. The second part of my question, and you were going to it, Mark, so I'll go back to you first. Okay. Jared Goff is the second year. And I'll, I can tell you right now, we can talk about the one guy that we haven't mentioned who should have been the starting quarterback after they won the playoff game was Eric Kramer. Why he was never the starting quarterback after a win. Wayne Fonts' only explanation is the quarterback should not lose a job due to an injury. Shame on you, Wayne, that you made a mistake there. We'll get into an entire broadcast second-guessing him. But now let's talk about Jared Goff. I, I'm glad the Lions did not draft a quarterback this year. And I'll tell you why. Because next year the crop will be probably a lot better, and they had to address some of the other needs. So, Mike, so Mark, give me your observation how you think Jared Goff is going to perform now that uh, he's in the system for a second year. Well, let, let's face it. When he came out of Cal, the Rams gave him a boatload of money. And, you know, they thought he was going to be the next coming of, uh, you know, Joe Namath uh, out there as far as that goes. But, you know, they didn't do nothing with him. You know, they felt like they, they after that New England Super Bowl, they shipped him to Detroit. I think, you know, going to Detroit, he was out of that star glitz type of a city atmosphere. He could be Jared Goff. Right. And, 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 and there were some games last year. I really thought he was going to do something in Detroit. I thought they would win more than three, you know, games. You know, he played in spurts. And I think, you know, when I look at Jared Goff, you know, I, I rate him, you know, over maybe a Scott Mitchell and somebody like that, maybe a Gary Danielson. We'll see a second year here. Is he a Matthew Stanford? Is he a Greg Landry? I don't think so. I mean, he, to me, if you're going to compare him with quarterbacks, Across the board, he, he kind of reminds you of the Jim Everett. You know, he's going to have good games. He's going to have bad games. He's going to be a middle-of-the-pack guy. He's not going to be that kind of guy that's going to lead you to a Super Bowl in Detroit, I think. Well, Mark, you being an L.A. guy, I can tell you right now, Mark Sanchez wasn't great either. But you know what? Won a couple of playoff games because he managed the football games real well for the Jets. So nobody's telling you that this guy's going to amass 45,000 yards. All you got to make sure that it is, is he doesn't lose games. But I like some of the names that you brought up in the past. George, take it from there. Jared Goff, how do you think he's going to do in year number two? Well, he better be better than year one. 
That's all I can say is because the fans aren't going to be happy if he doesn't uh, perform up to uh, uh, expectations. Uh, you know, and I'm not looking for those kind of stats. Like you said, Scott, you know, 45,000? 45, 45, that right, that's what Stafford rolled Stafford, out. unbelievable. Well, anyways, and then, of course, no playoff wins for Matthew Stafford in Detroit. So it's been a perennial problem. And, you know, you guys are right. I mean, over the years, the Lions quarterbacks have been just – you know, average, middle of the road, uh, the names that you guys all threw out, I agree. And I do agree with Scott about Eric Kramer. He didn't get a fair shot here. And had he given a fair shot, he would have done better than probably some of the other ones they had. You know, don't forget Rodney. Rodney Pete was here too. Um, you know, they've had so many different ones. John Kitna as a backup. They've, they've had so many different quarterbacks in here. But the fact of the matter is, is that Goff, Goff Jared has a chance. He has a chance. Let's hope the receivers are better than last year. Let's hope the running game is better than last year. There's a lot of components, as you guys know, to that offense to make him successful as a quarterback as well. Well, you've got Mark Brunel there as a quarterback coach, and I'm going to transition to the receivers in just a moment. So, But if you think the Lions have had problems, how many quarterbacks do you think the Chicago Bears have gone through? <laughs> I mean, you can't have a situation like Green Bay where you go from, by the way, Brad far to Aaron Rodgers, really? Okay, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of teams that seem to get it right where you have maybe one or two quarterbacks and you're done, and then some people just struggle to find the right combination. So there's no such thing. I do like. I think that golf is going to do much much better in year number two. And George, you're alluding to that. So with that said, okay, I'm going to transition to the wide receivers. I'm glad that they picked up Jamison Williams out of Alabama. Once he gets healthy, he'll be fine. And, and they made a bold move. I can tell you right now, DJ Chark is good. I've watched him with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, and he's the type of guy that could stick around if he has a good year. All he needs to do is stay on the field, not off of it. Amon Ross St. Brown, the kid out of, out of I believe, USC, I believe, out of, uh, had a pretty good year. And running back, DeAndre Swift is a dual threat. So when you talk about the fact the potential is there on the running side as well as the wide receivers, give Goff some receivers, for God's sakes, before you go out there and try to prejudge whether this guy can make it or not. I don't care who you have out there. If you don't have at least professional NFL caliber receivers, doesn't matter who's going to throw you the football. Even Tom Brady could not succeed with receivers, what they had to deal with. All right, Mark, give me your take on that. Well, you're absolutely right. But if you look at Matthew Stafford, he had Calvin Johnson there. I mean, he he had a great receiver there, and he couldn't couldn't do nothing with the Lions. But – you know, let, let's let's look at the division, guys. This is a wide-open division. If you're going to do some damage this year, like George said, you know, the second year now with Jared Goff, let's see this division. This division's pretty much wide open. Green Bay's not like Green Bay used to be. Minnesota's stepped back. Chicago's Chicago. So how come the Lions can't sneak up on these teams in this division and win the division outright first in, since the 90s? Yeah, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't, and I'll and I'll back you there, Mark. Devontae Adams is, by the way, playing in a location where there's no state income tax, maybe a lot more casinos that stay out of there. Uh, with the Raiders, with his old quarterback, Derek Carr, I'll be curious to see how that plays out. So, you know, obviously you wonder whether Rodgers can defend more of a running game and what receivers, his receivers are TBD. And the Bears, they still haven't solved the quarterback thing yet. Justin Fields, we'll see about him. And the Minnesota Vikings have a – new coaching change in Kevin O'Connell. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm with you, Mark, all the way. So I'd like to see how Goff blends in with Jamison Williams, DJ Shark, 
Amon Ross St. Brown. And of course, if DeAndre Swift can go out there and stay healthy uh, and create some kind of a running game, yeah, I'm not writing yeah. the Lions off. And, then, and you're right, Mark, okay? That division is there for the taking. It really is. Go well, ahead, Mark. Not only that, you know, you might think I'm crazy here, but if I, had well, a I do anyways, between, but that's a well, if I had a choice between Kyler Murray, who was just given two hundred thirty something million dollars in a five year, six year deal, I'm right. thinking Jared Goff. He's a bigger quarterback. He can stand in the pocket. If he's got some receivers, maybe he can do something. So, I don't. You know, quarterbacks are a premium. It's like buying a house. <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, you, you got to pay the quarterback. But Jared Goff. Given the protection, and, 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 and you know, let's see what he can do the second year. Um, you know, he's he's past the LA scene, so I think the Lions can do something this year. You know, Mark, believe it or not, I don't think you're crazy making that because he is a pro- prototypical pocket passer. But the intangible that you bring up here that I really, really like is he's away from LA. He's in a blue collar area like Detroit, and Detroit does appreciate its heroes. Nobody ought to know better than that than you, George Icorn. Yes, yeah. Another receiver, too, guys, is this Quintez Cephas. Um, you know, he also had some nice catches last year on the depth chart. So, again, he's listed also. Uh, they also list uh, DJ Clark, uh, Tom Kennedy, and Trinity Benson. So they've got enough guys in camp. But the question is, yeah, can those receivers step up and be the go-to guys? I think there's potential there with the ones that you mentioned earlier, Scott, Jamison Williams, of course. But the, t- the thing is, is that that's a, that is a good observation. Now, that being said, we all know he's marrying a Hollywood model. So he still has a little bit of Hollywood glamour and glitz with him, uh, his future bride. But that being said, you're right. He's out of that hot L.A., you know, Hollywood environment, like you said, Scott. And uh, I think that Goff likes it in Detroit. I get the impression he really does. He really wants to see this thing work as do the fans. They want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And that's all we're asking, is to have them surround him with a good line, surround him with the receivers that you guys talked about, and then also the running game. I mean, a complete package. Detroit has been so lacking. They had a Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer in Barry Sanders, Hall of Famer in Calvin Johnson. Come on. They, they Even with those two great guys, and I know, Scott, you covered so many of their games. Right. They could not win consistently with two guys. Two guys, first ballot Hall of Famers. That's well, sad. That's well, a sad covered, Well, when I covered the Lions in the 80s, that was a great time to do it. And, yeah, and by the way, you're right, Kristen Harper is absolutely adorable. She is. I mean, but, you know, again, you always want to make sure you have a nice personal life and she's supporting what he's doing. And when he ended up winning that game at the end, Everybody knows that uh, on social media that her celebration doing that photo shoot was one for the ages. But she's Kristen Harper's a nice young lady. And if he has that stability and personal, but yeah, we'll see. I think it's important again. Two other things I want to get to tonight. We'll stay with the quarterback situation a little. Okay. Former Ohio State quarterback JT Barrett is reunited with Dan Campbell as an offensive assistant. He played on the 28 2019 New Orleans Saints practice squad. So I like, I think it's neat to have. JT Baird in there. He's an offensive assistant. They're trying to open up more and more minorities on there. So, you know, Mark, what do you think about JT Baird? It's a great opportunity for him to launch his coaching career and see if he can find himself uh, yeah. being considered for a head coach down the road. I think well, I'm, no, I, I'm I, happy I, with I totally the hire. agree with what you're saying. I like him a lot, you know, and, and, and 
you know, when you when you look at this Lion team, I mean, I don't know what the over and under is, but if you're a middle of the pack team, you're better off, uh, uh, you know, tanking to get a high draft pick. I mean, they've only won three games last year. You know, realistically, the division's pretty much wide open. Can they win eight games and, you know, be a middle of the pack team where they can get another high draft pick? Yeah, but Mark, what I'm talking about is JT Barrett, the co- former Ohio State quarterback, yeah. has been added as an offensive assistant. Just no, I like him. I, like I said, I, yeah, I like no, him. that's okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah. I know we're talking quarterbacks. No big deal. Who knows? Maybe uh, if he could have, you know, he decided to get out of playing so that he had an opportunity in coaching. I mean, and that kind of reminds me of a former Lion, Kellen Moore, who left the yeah. uh, who retired earlier. And is a uh, assistant coach of the Cowboys, so it's okay for quarterbacks to retire earlier if they find their niche in coaching. George, what are your thoughts about the hire? I, I think it's a good addition, um, and he's working like you alluded to earlier under one of the best with Mark Grinnell. Um, right. Mark's got a good reputation as a quarterbacks coach, and JT's going to have a lot of chance to learn the ropes and to learn what all goes into it. I think it's kind of funny, isn't it? Though the Michigan fans, of course, hate him because of Ohio State. And now who's on the line but Aiden Hutchinson? I just thought about that. Yeah. And so that, that little U of M OSU rivalry gets carried a step further in the Detroit Lions locker room with JT and Aiden. That's kind of interesting that you mentioned that, Scott. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all happy for the kid. I mean, especially giving, giving opportunities to coaches, especially young guys, like you said, he quit the game playing, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want to continue. And obviously he does want to. As a, as a coach. So uh, I think it's good for the Lions and it gives them a little bit more depth in that quarterback area too, to, uh, you know, bounce some ideas off of him and, right. you know, have him uh, contribute as much as he can uh, to some of the play calling and some of the plays, who knows? I mean, Barrett could bring a lot to the picture. Yeah, no question about it. Again, we're talking about making sure that uh, more minorities get an opportunity to have opportunities in the NFL. I think it's a good hire. One last thing I want to talk about before we call it a night, and in order to keep Jared Goff upright, okay, and I mean upright on his feet, okay, you have to have a guy like TJ Hawkinson, who's an excellent tight end. The Lions have brought in Devin Funches. You talk about Michigan Wolverine. Well, well, this Wolverine will have an opportunity to have a fresh start back in southeastern Michigan. But here's the kicker, okay, Penny Sewell. A lot of people could have gone with the sexy pick. We know Jamar Chase, and there, there was a good wide receiving core last year. But the Lions opted to go with Penny Sewell. I think this is going to be an ultimate pick there that could really be a fine addition over the years to go with Taylor Decker and the rest. So, George, since you're there first, okay, what are your thoughts about Hawkinson, Devin Funches, and Penny Sewell? Uh, well, I think they, uh, they're in pretty good shape in the tight end area right now. I mean, Hawkinson had an injury last year, which cost them a lot of action and games. Uh, Sewell, I have no problem with that draft choice. I mean – he started off like a rookie starts off, but he came on strong. He had some good games for the Lions last year, and I'm really looking forward to him improving. He's got to show improvement, just like all these kids do, from year one to year two. What have you learned in year one? What are the things that you picked up? Do you understand the playbook a little bit better maybe in year two? I mean, there's so many things that, of course, obviously they go through when when they have training camp, which is going on right now. Um Funches, that's an interesting pick. Yeah, I'm kind of happy. Of course, I just told you earlier, you guys, about how they've ignored Michigan players in the draft and, and free agent signings. But now we have two. We have Hutchinson and we have Funches. Um, 
uh, you know, he's not a starter, obviously, Funches, but he can contribute, hopefully, for their uh, tight end position. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm happy with those uh, with those guys. I think that it's going to be interesting to see, like I said, what kind of improvement, especially Sewell, can make. And TJ, you got to stay healthy, guy. You got to stay healthy, TJ. I mean, I know it's not your fault, but they need him out there every game. Yeah, there's no question that throughout the broadcast, the main thing is the Lions need to have enough guys that can catch the football. So when I talk about TJ Hawkinson, Devin Funches, as well as the other receivers that we talked about, that's key. And more importantly, Penny Sewell keeping Jared Goff upright. Mark, go ahead. Well, and, and not only that, guys, um, I'm, I've, I've always been enamored by the Earl Campbell type of a running back where you wear out defenses, where defense have to converge three guys on you. The Lions have never really had that. They've had them slash runners like Billy Sims, Barry Sanders. That's that's if, if you're going to draft somebody, I'm looking for like that Ironhead Haywood type of guy, right, somebody right. that can wear down defenses and also have a nice pass rusher, the right. Lawrence Taylor something. The Lions have lacked that over the years. So that's that's the next two things I'd address going forward in the draft, uh, along with uh, seeing you know having a quarterback. Well, Mark, you got to hope that they did do that with Aiden Hutchinson. I remember when I was covering the draft for the Detroit Monitor, um, Wayne Fonts thought he had a great pick yeah. when he uh, went ahead and got Pat Swilling on trade day. Well, who did Swilling, they end up yeah. getting? And who did they end up? Willie Rofe ended up in the Hall of Fame. So I guess to make a long story short, the Lions under the Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell regime know that you draft these guys with the intent you need to make sure that they sign their second contract. And right. that's the key. We have not been able to do that. Guys, what an unbelievable show, you know, tonight. I'm glad that we covered a lot of major topics tonight. We'll get into more of the games later on this preseason. Right now, we just want to talk about the preliminaries ahead of time, what they've done in the offseason about where we're going to at. So since we do have a little extra time, I'm going to go ahead, George, and defer back to you. Uh, once again, why don't you remind the audience how they can go uh, about your book and how they get a hold of you. Sure, sure. I'm at uh, Ad SNG Sports 99 also available to talk on uh, yahoo.com, uh, G-I-Corn at yahoo.com, and plus uh, I'm on LinkedIn. And then I've got a book called Detroit Sports Broadcasters on the Air, and you talk about the Lions. Boy, they had some great announcers over the years, guys. Yeah. We're talking about Van Patrick and Bob Reynolds. And, of course, uh, Mark Champion, Dan Miller, Jimmy Brandstatter, uh, Frank Beckman. The Lions have had some really good radio and TV announcers over the years. So they're featured in the book as well. It's called Detroit Sports Broadcasters on the Air. And it's available on the link from the South Florida Tribune website. And there's a full page devoted to Scott Morganroth, our host today. So uh, get that book. It's a great, great read. It's real easy to read. Lots of photos. Yeah, Jimmy Connors and Muhammad Ali are the ones I'm photo with. All right, Mar Madman Mancini, you and I do a lot of projects together. I do want to go out there and point out something, how much I really enjoy doing the Oakland show with you, myself, and Bruce Kessinger. We have a lot of fun doing that. And, and Mark and I are involved with other shows, but... You know, I always look forward to that broadcast. All right, Mark, call it there and give a shout-out to your uh, information one last time. Well, XM203, Sirius 217, WWDB AM 860 in Philadelphia with Mary Ann and Sal. Pittsburgh Pirate Podcast, doing it with Tarek Brock Mondays and Fridays and being a part of this thing and Mondays and Vegas and all the other great cities. And, boy, I love you guys dearly. And, man, I really, really enjoy this show because the knowledge, the expertise – 
that we give the city of Detroit is something that sets the bar high, and that's amazing. All right, folks, I want to point out you can subscribe to the South Florida Tribune YouTube channel on our YouTube channel or visit www.southfloridatribune.com and follow us on Twitter at Tribune South. To advertise, call 954-304-4941. The audio portion of the show can be heard on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, please subscribe to the South Florida Tribune YouTube channel. That way you can see us. And we have a lot of great guests that we're working on down the road. But this is an opportunity here in Fire Up Michigan for me to, I always love having shows back in my home area. And we have a lot of things in the pipeline. So please, it's never too late to subscribe to the South Florida Tribune YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com, look for South Florida Tribune, and then go out there and hit the subscribe button. And that is all there is to it. So meanwhile, what a nice show tonight. I hope everybody enjoys Hard Knocks. It certainly has been easy knocks for us tonight to be able to talk about the Lions. And of course, like I said, the last time they won a championship was on my birthday, December 29th, 1957. And hopefully it won't be a whole lot longer there as well. So meanwhile, shout out to my crew, George Icorn and Madman Manzini. And so on behalf of my two great co-hosts, I want to thank you very much for joining us on this edition of Fire Up Michigan. And we will catch you the next time. Good night, everybody. <laughs>